from Trimble Construction, you're listening to the Connected Construction Show, where we connect you to the contractors, owners, designers, engineers, and construction professionals who are finding better ways to work. And now, here's your host, Matt Sprague. Hello and welcome to the Connected Construction Show. Welcome back for, for many of you and for the first timers, welcome uh, welcome to the first time for listening or watching the show. We're super excited to have you uh, tuning in. Uh, we're also really ex- super excited uh, to have our, our guests and our co-hosts. Um, I forgot to mention who I am. My name is Matt Sprague. I'm your host for the show. Uh, and this week we have uh, Marlies Muyakind, returning co-host, a product manager at Trimble MEP. Marlies, welcome back to to the show. Thank you. And uh, we are both super excited to have a very special guest here this week. We have uh, Ruth King. So when you when you go to LinkedIn, Ruth has uh, a lot of different titles. It's quite fun to actually go through. I highly recommend everybody give it a, give it a shot. But my, one of my favorites is uh, obviously a profit and wealth guru uh, and CEO, and also an author of several books. Uh, we'll explore some of those titles of those books and and the companies that she's been involved in in this episode. Ruth. Welcome so much to the show. Thanks, Matt. I'm thrilled to be here. So so to kick us off, um, just like every show, we got to get to know the guest that's, uh, the, the, that's on with us, that's in the chair. So Ruth, tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, what you do, what your passions are regarding the, uh, regarding the construction industry. I started in the construction industry in 1987, so a long, long time ago. And I have been working with contractors and helping them by giving them the tools to and processes to get and stay profitable, build wealth, achieve the goals they want to achieve. And my push is to give back once you've achieved them. And so a lot of them are now donating to a lot of really cool charities, which is fun because we've made it. And the key is now give back so other people can can make it, too. Um, as you mentioned, Matt, I am the author of five books. My sixth book is coming out next spring. And there, most of them revolve around the financial side of business, the courage to be profitable, profit or wealth. The book that's coming out next spring is 101 Dumb Financial Mistakes Business Owners Make. So it's really about, about making sure that you look at profit and loss statements and look at them and be able to make sure, number one, that they're accurate, number two, they're timely, and number three, you can make great business decisions from accurate financial data. So that's a little bit about what I do. So, Ruth, you have your own website uh, called RuthKingHVAC.com. Why HVAC? Well, that's where I started. Actually, if you just go to RuthKing.info, it, it, it's the overview. I mean, it will, it will go to the Ruth King HVAC. Um, I started in HVAC. That's where I got um, Started in this industry, I had a friend who was working for Service America, which was a franchisor of heating and air conditioning companies back in the 80s. And I found a niche and I absolutely loved it. You know, I had um, gone back to school, got an MBA in finance. My bachelor's and master's degrees are in chemical engineering, which totally prepares you to do work in this industry. (laughs) (laughs) So, But the thing is, when I went back and got my MBA, I found out I was really, really good at numbers. I mean, not that I wasn't as a chemie because you have to be, but in terms of looking at the financial data and really having the ability to explain it in English, simply because, you know, most of the people who are in construction do not start the business to do the financial side of their business. They do it only when they get in trouble. 
you know, they, um, they can't pay a bill, a GC goes bankrupt on them. I mean, there's so many things that happen. Then all of a sudden, I better pay attention to financials. I better pay attention to cash. And that's when it really and truly does start for most. I mean, there are some who are smart enough to go, hey, I better understand the financial side as I'm starting this. Uh, but there are few. Yeah, it's either they, they they either need to figure it out themselves, or they hire someone who can do it uh, who can do it for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and the and that, that's and I think we'll dig a, a bit more uh, into that later in in the show. But I think that's kind of a big part of you know you do what you do and I'll do what I do. And um, but you know it's important to make sure that um, no matter what business you're running, in this case construction, uh, to to have a much more holistic understanding of of what it is that you do so that you can maximize um the the, the benefits of that business so um <laughs> yeah right yeah. um so what areas from your experiences what areas do most contractors need help with so what what are the most common problems that you're helping contractors with one of the first things that I do is make sure that they understand that the most important thing they do every day is to maximize billable hours. I'm not talking necessarily about the GCs, but mainly the subs, because the GCs oversee everything and their billable hours. I mean, they've basically done, you know, okay, you're getting X number of dollars to do this, you're getting Y number of dollars to do that. But the subs themselves, like the plumbing, the electrical, the roofing, the drywall, the da 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 The most important thing that they do every single day is maximize billable hours. Because if you look at it, you know, if if you're sitting on an airplane like I do a lot of the times and and let's say you went on vacation and there was an empty seat next to you or behind you or across from you or whatever, the the airline company lost revenue because they didn't fill that seat. And they can't fill that seat again. It's gone. It's, It's over. So that or a hotel room or, you know, things like that. Labor is perishable. You have eight hours a day for your employees. They give you eight hours a day, sometimes nine or 10 if it's overtime, but that's it. You can't use you know one of those eight hours tomorrow. It's gone. So your responsibility as an owner, as a manager, is to maximize the billable hours that you have for all of your workers every single day. And they don't think about it. They think, okay, I got to get them out. I got to get dollars in the door. I've got to do da 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 but they don't think about maximizing billable hours. That is the most critical thing that they do. So you have, um, I, I, I was listening to another show that you were on and um, you had talked about, um, I can't remember exactly. It was, it, it, and I don't know how, how long ago this show was either, but it's like you have been, you have done work in, I think it was 49 of the 50 states or something along those lines. So I, I guess question number one, have you made it to all 50 now? No, I'm uh, waiting to go to North Dakota. So North Dakota. Come on. <laughs> but there, there was a caveat to that. If I remember right, it was a, but not in the winter. January, February. Yeah. <laughs> but um, out of all those experiences, are there uh, like are there are there contractors that you've worked with that kind of stand out in terms of like they had a really unique situation um, and or or a really interesting story that you were able to kind of uh, uncover for them? I think it's more of geography than necessarily a story like that. I mean, Alaska is very different. I mean, they don't have roads; they have airplanes. Everybody's got a runway as a driveway. 
So, I mean, things that we can you know, make the assumptions that we can just drive down the road to go to a customer or go to a job site, they can't do. They got to fly. So their cost structures are really, really different than ours because, you know, airplane fuel is even more expensive than truck fuel. So, yeah, it's different up there. It's really different up there. I loved it, but it's different. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. So you're saying, hey, most important is to make prof uh, billable hours um, mm -hmm. to get there. Is that the same for each contractor, for each business? Everybody who has field labor has to maximize billable hours. And then step two of that is what is your net profit per billable hour? So, for example, if I send a guy out to a job site and he's there for one hour, how much profit drops to the bottom line? So you know for every billable hour how much profit you're actually earning. And hopefully it's positive, not negative. So I'd like to uh I'd like to explore something. So okay. this is uh one of your books, um the the, the difference between profit and wealth. Um so that, that you know that that uh the sim or the actual name of the book here I'll plug you is Profit and Wealth Simple Rules for Sustainable Business Growth. But I uh, but, but what I what I gained from the 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 little bit that I explored into that book is that that, that there is a difference between both. So it, how how does that uh, tra uh, translate into the the contractor or the or the or the uh, subcontractor industry. All right, so it doesn't matter whether it's contractor or subcontractor. First of all, you yeah. have to be profitable, and I'm talking about business wealth here. I'm not talking about personal wealth that you inherit or anything else like that. I'm talking about the wealth that you generate as a result of your business. So you have to have profitable business first, and there's a whole subsection about making sure that you're profitable. And then what you do is you transform that profitable business into wealth. Um, it can be done by buying business assets. It can be done by an increasing customer base who is loyal. Um, a lot of times we have maintenance or recurring revenue or things like that. GCs don't generally have that, but a lot of the subs actually do. So it, it really depends upon the type of construction business that you have. But you can always figure out some way to do recurring revenue. And building wealth is building your customer base because it's really an intangible asset, but it's, it's really important. And it's also building the asset side, which is the wealth side. So P&L is profit, balance sheet is wealth. Does that make sense? I think so. Okay. <laughs> I read something interesting on your website, Ruth. Um, it was saying growth mask unprofitability. Yes. Could you explain that? Okay, um, I'm gonna do it with a story if that's okay. So I started working with a contractor. He and a partner started a business by themselves, um, grew it to $2 million in 12 years. They never looked at a P&L, they never looked at a balance sheet. All they did was if they had cash in their pockets, they could pay their bills, they could do payroll, they could take their discounts, they were happy campers. So as the business continued to grow, it was fine because the money from the end of one project started the next and money from that project ending started the next and as long as the number of projects was increasing you'd never saw it well they hit about two million dollars and growth stopped and you know it didn't take like instantaneously but within a couple of months they were having problems paying their payroll every once in a while they couldn't take their discounts every once in a while they're going wait a minute time out here 
we've been profitable. You know, they thought profitable for 12 years. We've never had a problem with money. What's going on? Um, long story short, they were losing a nickel that they took in the door for 12 years. Couldn't see it because the growth masks the unprofitability at the cash from one job started the next, started the next. And as long as the jobs were increasing, then you were buying, you know, and, and we can do it from something that's not outside our industry. When Jeff Bezos started Amazon, his thing was net cash per hour. He knew that as long as his cash flow was increasing, profitability did not matter. And it's the same story, except it's huge. It's in, you know, it's in a really big environment instead of, a small business environment and you know at some point in time you know it turned over to profitability it has to at some point but he knew that as long as his cash flow continued to increase and it continued to increase then profitability didn't matter in the beginning had cash flow stopped increasing he would have he would have tanked so that's a that's a way to look at it i i see this a lot and I, I, I made reference to it or earlier on in the show that um, you do what I do or, or I'll do what I do and you do what you do and we'll, we'll, all, we'll all be happy. That's true to some, uh, uh, to, to some degree in terms of like if you have somebody you can really trust, right? So if they're – yeah. Trust in quotes. So there's value in 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 uh, in you having a, a greater understanding. Is that have you experienced that with some of uh, with some of your customers where that's kind of bit them in the in the tuchus a little bit? Uh, yeah, called embezzlement, <laughs> <laughs> theft of materials. <laughs> so the reality is, is any business owner, I don't care whether you're the owner of a multi-billion-dollar company or an owner of a hundred-thousand-dollar company. You can never abdicate the financial side of your business. You can delegate the day-to-day, -day, but it's your name on the door, your responsibility. And so you always have to understand what a P&L is, what a balance sheet is, what all the ratios mean, and look at it so that make sure that the company is headed in the right direction. You can trust your bookkeeper, which I put in quotes again, up to a certain point. Um, and then you still have to review financial statements. I don't care how big or how small your business is, you have to review financial statements. You, if you, I suggest a monthly communications meeting with the managers for all the different departments. A lot of, um, a lot of GCs have project meetings, you know, where they bring in all the subs and they bring in everybody so that everybody's on the same page to make sure that the project finishes in the amount of time that it's supposed to finish with any problems that are coming up and things like that. So it's not only the financial side, but it's once you have the management team, every, there is a weekly communications meeting that is there by everybody. It does not matter um, if you're going to be on vacation, you send your numbers in ahead or you send a substitute. Those meetings are like critical. So there you get to trust, there you get to find out what's going on from an overview perspective and never, never, never give up, abdicate the financial responsibility. So yeah, you can trust a little. Trust a little. Yeah. Well, it's. I also. I. I. I see other. Uh, you know, friends, family that are involved in in businesses and things like that that have that have been. You know, maybe around for like sixty, seventy years, and they get caught into the. Well, it's the way we've always done it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah. So I mean, is that 
Is that also? It's not necessarily it's a trust thing. It's, I dare I say, an ignorance thing, a ignorance as bliss type of scenario. I see that a lot in companies where um, it's second, third, fourth generation. You know, grandpa always did it this way or dad always did it this way. And until dad's out of the business, it doesn't change. Well, the reality is that technology has taken over our businesses, whether we like it or not, don't like it or not. You know, if grandpa's still using a slide rule, which he very well might be, we're in trouble. Grandpa won't use a computer, we're in trouble. So in those particular cases, it is, quote unquote, the dinosaur. Um, but, if, you know, if the kids actually get in, they're trained right to be able to do the management pieces of it well. And they're looking outside the industry specifically for some of the latest technology that's coming out. They will actually do really well with the businesses. But technology is an integral part of what we do now. It wasn't 30 years ago. I mean, we're still doing stuff on paper. Good grief. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> You'd be surprised, Ruth. That, I, that... I you well, even on the... Um on the, on the owner side of the business. So, um, you know, so, so I, 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 my experience is dealing with the owner, um, operator, maintainer side of things. And, um, you know, you still, uh, our, our, one of our products is, you know, a project management tool mm -hmm. and, you know, there are competitors out there. There are plenty of fantastic tools that do this, but still the number one competitor is well it's not paper it's excel I, I equate excel to paper right it's 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 just a it's just a digital digital paper and and um it's in many ways it's not like scary in that like the building's gonna fall apart but it's scary to being like how much money is wasted um when you're not leveraging technology uh, uh, you know to to the to the extent that you can when i was in um high school i was still using a slide rule and then by the time i hit graduate school i needed one of those programmable calculators which with the strips that hp used to have so in, basically in 6 years we went from slide rule to calculator and it was it was amazing. You know, my daughter was about nine and she looked at my slide rule downstairs in my desk and she goes, Mommy, what's this? And I said, Something you'll never ever have to use. And then I explained how to use a slide rule. She goes, No thanks. <laughs> we don't do that anymore. <laughs> no. Thankfully. So Ruth, do you think that is also one of the main problems that businesses don't uh, want to use new technology? Get their conservative? I think they looked at things like it was the old way of doing things, all right? Um, it's not only the technology side, it's the people side, too, because when I was growing up in the 90s, you know, I was already working in the 90s, but, you know, you worked until it was done. Overtime was never questioned. With the, the labor force that's around now, they don't want to work overtime. They want to work maybe not even 40 hours a week. So, I mean... We have two issues right now. We have the technology issue and we have the labor force issue, which is hard because if you've always done it the old way, you know, dad doesn't understand why the kids today, quote unquote kids, even if they're 30, don't want to do the overtime. That's just not their thing. Well, we always did it. Why shouldn't you do it? Well, guess what? The world has changed. Yeah. And um, so Ruth, um, you've done so many things. 
Um, you were even called a serial entrepreneur, having mm -hmm. started and run eight businesses since 1981. So what's yeah. next for you? Actually, it's with artificial intelligence, believe it or not. I'm taking a lot of the financial data that I'm using and we're, we're doing um, financial health checkups. And so, I'll, you know, once it's all programmed and everything like that, you'll be able to enter your data and get spit out reports about where your business is going, which is kind of cool. So that, that is a really next? that's number nine. How's that? <laughs> that's number nine. That's the small one. No big deal. <laughs> yeah, no big deal. <laughs> so, um, and you can feel free to tell me. No, we're not allowed to disclose any of information yet. But you mentioned you have a sixth book coming out in yeah. in the spring. Uh, what, what was the name of it again? One hundred one dumb mistakes. One hundred one dumb financial mistakes business owners make. So, so are you able to share a couple? What are, what are, what are a couple of the, of the dumb ones? I love hearing dumb stories. Yeah. Well, we actually talked about two of them as we, as I was telling some of the stories, um, number the, you know, this may or may not be for your audience, but number one in the book is that profit is not a dirty word. You have to have profit until, unless you want to go out of business. So profit number one, and then, and then we do stuff in terms of negative loan balances on, balance sheets, negative payroll taxes, um, negative cash, gross margins that are negative. I mean, a lot of it is, it's all financial, obviously, um, but a lot of it has to do with, it's, it's broken down into pricing. It's broken down once pricing, then we have uh, general pricing, P&L, balance sheet, and embezzlement, you know, things to do so that you don't get stolen from. Either don't, don't go to jail. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I had one contractor who said um, we knew his margins really well. We knew his job cost really well. And the first month, you know, job cost was a little high, margin was a little low. And yeah, one month, no big deal because it could, you know, at the end of the month, something could have happened. So second month, same thing's going on. And we know the numbers. We know job costs. And I said, you know, this is not making sense. Do you have, you know, are you watching what's going on in the warehouse? And he goes, I've got cameras watching. Okay. Third month, it happens again. Somebody's stealing from you. No, they're not. We have cameras. Long story short, the only place in the entire warehouse where there was not a camera was by the back door. So they would take line sets and all other pieces of copper, put it by the back door, at night, come in, get it, leave quarter of a million dollars in copper. Wow. Jail. Yep. That'll happen. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's all things like that, dumb things that you should not be doing. And, you know, once you expose that and once you start looking at your P&Ls and balance sheet, it'll go, okay, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to make sure my bookkeeper understands what they're doing. Um, but one of the things is that bookkeepers never sign checks. Um, even if your bookkeeper is your wife, you still have to. Ticket. Um, I had a situation where dad sold the business to three siblings, two, two guys, two brothers and a sister, and the sister got hooked on drugs. And she tried to drain the checking account. Oof. You know, it's like, yeah, you know, there literally needs to be checks and balances. Yes. Uh, and, and all the, the checks and balances that you do, you know, the, the weekly communications report, the project meetings, everything else along those lines are really helping you make sure that you can make accurate financial decisions. And they really and truly are. Yep. 
So it sounds like this book, um, so a, 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 a business owner can come in and, you know, 101, not all 101 may, may not pertain to them, right? But, they, but it sounds like it'll be reading, it'll be like, oh, that's me. Oh, crap. I never thought about that. <laughs> Right. It's it's a uh, it's one of those. And then, you know, maybe they pull out 20 out of the 101 and it benefits them and fixes them so that they don't do them anymore. I mean, I am one person. My goal is to spread the wealth, spread the knowledge so that everybody has accurate financial statements and can make really good business decisions. You know, profitability, build the wealth, make your goals, give back. Yeah. Well, I think the other important part of this is that when uh, if if you get a handle on your financial efficiency, you're actually able to invest better back into your business to be better at what you do and in turn become even more profitable. Yep. And build more wealth and give back. You know, one of you know we talk about giving back to nonprofits, but we also um, one of the bonus structures that's in the book actually is um, not sharing the wealth is the mistake. And I give everybody a bonus structure on how to bonus managers and how to bonus um, actual employees who are not managers. And you know, my feeling is they help you generate the profits. They really and truly should get a piece of them. I mean, it's not this you know huge piece, it's a little bitty piece, but you know, say thank you for the work that they did that allows you to make the profits. And the interesting thing about that is when they understand profitability, they're on your back to make sure that the jobs are profitable, to make sure that the time is profitable. And I've also found which something I didn't expect is that if they have somebody who's there, who's you know not productive, they'll kick them out. You don't have to, which I found interesting. Yeah, that's super interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, Marlies, before I ask the, the, the standard last question, is there anything else that, that you wanted to ask Ruth? No, this was very clear. And very interesting story. Yeah, those are some fantastic stories. So, Ruth, at the end of every episode, we ask the same question to every single one of our guests. Is that, do do you have your own personal motto that you live by? Or is there a motto that you've heard that you find extremely interesting? Mine is um, my goal in life. Well, actually, my mission statement or my passion is to give business owners the tools, the processes to get and stay profitable, build wealth, and give back. And, and that's what I live by. I like that. And I love the, I love the give back part of it, right? Is that that's, I think that's extremely important. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much for taking the time and uh, in, in, in enlightening us and sharing uh, with us uh, uh, all of your experiences uh, and the stories about the uh, organizations that you've helped. Uh, we've really enjoyed having you on the show. Uh, Everybody listening, everybody watching, thanks so much for for tuning in and checking us out wherever you watch or listen to our to the podcasts. Um, until next time, everybody, stay connected. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Connected Construction Show. For more information, visit us at connectedconstructionshow.com. dot